Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me as well today. As always, Rivals.com, RebelGrove.com, RedCupRebellion.com. You can catch Zach at all of those places. You can catch me at two of those places. And so uh, we'll have a lot of recruiting coverage coming to you over the next several days. Uh, I know Ole Miss, we're going to talk about Demarcus Smith. Ole Miss waiting on a decision from Demarcus Smith on Friday. Uh, uh, another wide receiver, Drew Donnelly, expected to make a announcement t- tomorrow as well, though I think both Zach and I anticipate that he will be announcing for Northwestern, not for Ole Miss. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Swallowed something wrong right before we started which means I'll have a cough here. Um, anyway, uh, we'll get to Zach in a moment. First, let me tell you about Dead Soxie. Summer has made its presence known. It's August in the South, which means it's hot, which means it's a perfect time to check out the new line of Dead Soxie no-shows, nine new styles to choose from. Find the style that fits your occasion. Use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout and receive 30% off the best dress socks you'll ever put on. Check out the uh, bundle packs, Currently on sale as well, and you can use your promo code in addition to uh, those already deeply discounted prices at deadsoxy.com. Make your day a soxy one. And uh, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, <coughs> 662. <coughs> Sorry, I know this is terrible radio. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, but I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the uh, the service. You'll love the product. Corey uh, wants to be your car guy. He wants to be a truck guy, and he'll prove it to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Now that I have uh, coughed in your ear for a little while, there's that. Welcome into the show. How are you? Neil, thank you. Doing well. Um Getting ready for uh, for Friday. Uh, I don't know uh, if if it's day of when you're listening to this, or if this is going to be up on Thursday. But Friday, week one of uh, TWSAA high school football uh, is kicking off. So it'll be my first game of the 2020 season to officiate. So it should be interesting. With what all of what the, spot uh, and the, what spot on the crew will you be? So I'm probably the ideal spot. I'm a back judge, so I will be out in the middle of the field, not close to anyone on a sideline. Um, and so the only time I'll be close to anybody will be the players on the field. But um, we are uh, wearing masks, so we'll be out there in a mask. Um, but that is, in my opinion, the best spot to be in. I'm not of any kind of linesman to where I'm next to a bunch of players and coaches, so I kind of like where I'm at. So you mentioned protocols. What are the what are the protocols other than wearing a mask? <laughs> well, uh, they have a bunch in place for 
the players and things like that. One is really silly. So I think this year they're only allowing one team captain per team instead of three, uh, which is kind of stupid because a couple minutes after we do the coin toss, they're just all going to be slamming into each other. So what does it matter? Um, but a lot of it is uh, we'll have a designated water bottle um, most of the time when teams call timeouts, when they have their trainers or water girls or whoever come out, officials usually run over and grab one, grab some water if you need it. We won't be doing that this year, obviously. Um, I mentioned the mask. We will have masks on. Uh, so we'll be, uh, we'll be able to do that. Uh, I believe uh, most of the time we'll get dressed and um, go in and out, you know, before the game and then at halftime, typically in a uh, locker room or a gym or some kind of office in the school. Um, we will be wearing masks from as we walk out of that to the field. So if, if uh, a full crew can decide whether or not they want to wear a mask, so they can go, yeah, we want to, everybody has one on. And if you don't, um, then uh, you obviously have to wear it on the way to the playing surface and then you can take it off. But most of that um, rotation of the football, we won't be doing a ton of rotating the football. So getting the ball from each official, um, if it's not absolutely necessary, then we won't be doing it just to avoid touching the football as much as possible. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just social distancing. We'll be using the radio uh, very often now. There won't be a lot of, you know, a lot of times I can throw a pass interference flag and then I'll kind of jog over to the white hat to communicate with him. Because um, we have, we always have radios anyway, but a lot of times if there's, if he needs a number or just like, you know, hey, tell me, tell me what the defensive back did and I'll tell the coach, that kind of thing. But now it's going to be straight, you know, we'll be utilizing the radio as much as possible. Um, okay. Well, that's interesting. Well, wish you the best. You know that. I think uh, yeah. I think it's great that the kids are getting to play. You know my feelings on that. So I'm glad they're getting to play. I, they all want to play. I, I think in many cases they need to play. And so uh, that's good. So I think it'll go well. I, I really do. Mm -hmm. I, I think I just I, I think I think it's going to go well. Um, I've talked to some coaches in Tennessee. I've talked to coaches in Georgia. I've talked to coaches in Mississippi, and there seems to be a real confidence that you can you can play football and and uh, and play it safely. The little man uh, just woke up, huh? Yeah, I can hear him out there. He uh, he had a big day at school, and he uh, came home and crashed. So he just now got up, but uh, but we're good. Okay. We uh, we'll, we'll put him out there, and uh, or I won't. My uh, Anna will. So. She'll put them out there and maybe throw on some some street, as we call it around the house, Sesame Street. Yeah, some street. Has Anna recovered from uh, the the devastating loss to to UAB <laughs> on the recruiting trail? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, there was one today that was uh, on a more serious note. I don't know if you saw five star running back Marshawn Lloyd unfortunately tore his ACL. I did non, see that. I did. A see non contact that. drill was just like makes me sick that that happens. But um, if there's if there's a year to redshirt, this is the one. Yeah, in fact, and we're going to talk about recruiting, but there's a part of me that is watching closely this season across the board, but especially at programs like Ole Miss where there's not a hell of a lot to win this year. I'm a little curious to see what happens after guys have played four games. Whether you say, hey, you know what, yeah. let's, let's go ahead. We, we, we saw what we wanted to see. We like what we saw. Let's save this year of eligibility, why don't we? And uh, I, yeah. I kind of wonder if that's going to be the case. And then there's some legislation that I know Chase and I will talk about tonight 
on the Oxford Exxon podcast on hand raised guys about not no one getting charged a year of eligibility, if you will. And I don't know that the fans understand just how much the schools look at that and go, no, no, we can't afford that right now. And what that will mean from a cut standpoint, what that will potentially mean from a recruiting standpoint for kids who are in the 2021 class. A lot of these schools are going to look at that and go, even if you let us carry 110 scholarship players, we can't afford it, especially now. And, right. You know, it's a that's a real complicated topic that that's being brought up. That you, you know, you mentioned UAB for example, a UAB type program can't afford to carry twenty five more scholarships even for one year. They just can't do it. And and um, I don't know. It's it's a complicated thing. There's no easy answer for everyone. But um, yeah. you know, I don't I'll know. say UAB, UAB especially because they're still. Um, Building that new stadium, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Which I, which, which I guess they received the gift up front, but I mean, there's still some some different uh, expenses and whatnot that need to be uh, some debts that need to be paid. I'm sure. So yeah, like you said, they can't afford to just you know hold a certain amount of dudes on scholarship if they uh, absolutely don't have to. So that's definitely going to help smaller schools like that, even the ones that you know. Um, I know the American Conference is playing, but a lot of those teams are in that boat too. All right, let's touch on some recruiting topics. I'll start with one that I get asked about all the time, so I know you do too. The fact that he's not in Oxford or anywhere else right now tells me that this is going to be a non-starter for this particular season, so I don't know how pressing it is. But what's the latest that you've heard on Leonard Manuel? So I guess it was probably a month ago or so. Uh, We talked a lot about him on the board um, I'd spoken with several people uh, within the Rivals Network and elsewhere around Florida, and signs pointed to him going to Ole Miss, or at least announcing for Ole Miss. And uh, I think that Florida had a, had essentially moved on. They uh, they were just kind of not going to wait on him anymore. I think they were mostly trying to essentially work towards uh, filling up this 2021 class as much as possible. I know that Dan Mullen is really getting aggressive on the recruiting trail because one, Miami is doing incredibly well, and uh, two, you, you it's you cannot afford in that in that state in the Big Three to finish third, and so Mike Norvell had a ton of traction on the recruiting trail early on. Uh, new hot name, um, they were recruiting uh, really well, and I think that it was just kind of. De- uh, kind of a decision that that staff made where they were like, look, we, we can't wait on this kid anymore. We just need to move on and focus on 2021. So um, as of now, it's been extremely quiet. Leonard has really not talked much. He hasn't tweeted much. Um, I know the, the obvious question is his eligibility. Is he, um, you know, did he make it through the incivility clearinghouse? Is he accepted into to Ole Miss? I don't know the specifics there. We've hinted at his issues in the past. We're not going to delve into them at all here. Um, I'm not going to do that. It's a little personal. But I think it's – I think there's a good shot that if he doesn't end up at Ole Miss, they might place him somewhere like a uh, a Holmes or an EMCC or Northwest potentially if that's something that uh, he wants to do. But, yeah, the last I heard was – he was still leaning Ole Miss, um, 
And heck, if you've seen his social media, he still posts stuff about Ole Miss a lot. But that's all I've heard as of late. So no real update to give. But um, it seems it all signs point to Ole Miss if he's going to go anywhere. Um, okay, let's get to the the, top, the two guys that are going to make decisions tomorrow if you're hearing this on Thursday evening. Today, if you're hearing this for the first time on Friday morning. Uh, Demarcus Smith expected to make a decision, I believe, tomorrow afternoon, on Friday afternoon. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to give anything away here, but I'm pretty optimistic about Ole Miss's chances. I think so, too. I, uh, I think Ole Miss has really pinpointed him as one of their top targets up front. So, so t- yeah, t- tell the people about him a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's from uh, Parker High School. In um, Birmingham, Alabama, three-star, uh, strong side defensive end, big kid, 6'4", 250, 260, probably walking around uh, 260, 265 right now. Um, but I think uh, Ole Miss and Deke Adams have done a really nice job. Um, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Kansas, and Tennessee have been the uh, main competition. I think Tennessee was up there. Now, Tennessee has not officially offered him or given him a committable offer but i think that's because uh i think that's because neil right now tennessee as uh, my computer is loading it they have 24 commits already so they're starting to fill up and i think that it was a matter of if they lost someone or if they wanted to make a move on demarcus smith then they would send him a committable offer i think the interest is absolutely real there from what i've been told from several people um chad simmons uh has really talked up to Marcus Smith. Uh, I've, I've discussed some things with him. Uh, he really likes his game. He thinks that uh, he's one of those, um, his best football is ahead of him type guys. Uh, I, I think that he is going to be an excellent addition to the 2021 class. I, I've already put my future cast in. I believe he is picking Ole Miss on Friday or today, whenever you're listening to this, but um, long rangy defensive end can really move. And I think that, uh, this is a really good get for, for Deke Adams and Ole Miss. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, people talked about where are the linemen, and, and these are the kind of guys that, that they want. Uh, I talked earlier in the week. It wasn't just me. It was on a Zoom call, but you probably heard it. I turned it into a story. You know, a lot of the things that you and I have talked about sort of throughout the last, however long this pandemic has been, five months or so, is it's become obvious that the recruiting dead period is going to go on and on and on. Uh, we've We've talked about, how they've had to change their plan. And for the first time I was able to, to ask Partridge that question uh, directly. And, and his answer I thought was really insightful. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it or, or listen to it, but um, he talked about, yeah, it's, it, it's absolutely impacted uh, what they do and, and it's absolutely impacted um, their plans and, and they are having to make, you know, alternate plans for a recruiting class that where they never, uh, Never see the kids, never meet them in person, which is a hell of a note when you think about it. But yeah. uh, but it is absolutely something they're having to plan for. It, it it might not come to fruition. It might not end up being that bad, but it is something that they're having to discuss. The dead period right now, it goes through the end of September. I don't think there's any question it's going to be extended at least one more time. It's It's, in my opinion almost certainly going to be extended through the calendar year. I, I just don't see how that doesn't happen. So, um, you okay? Yeah, sorry. I was having to let the dogs out. Oh, no, no, you're okay. You're okay. 
Um, all right, so the, the, the other guy that's out there is a wide receiver, Drew Donnelly. It's interesting, so a little inside the Rivals Network, uh, the guy who covers Northwestern for, for Rivals uh, mm-hmm. hit, hit me up today with, hey, uh, what are you hearing on Drew Donnelly? They're hearing Ole Miss. They're in Evanston. Um, I asked you, and, and uh, you're like, I don't know that that's what I think. So I guess – Tell the people a little bit about who Drew Donnelly is and, and what you anticipate there. And in the event that he uh, picked Ole Miss, would how, how big of a surprise would it be to you? Yeah, so he was offered back in June by Derek Nix. Uh, he's uh, he goes to I, I talked to some folks around Texas and um, Le- uh, and I, I don't want to mispronounce it. It's spelled like Lebanon, Tennessee, so Lebanon, the country. I'm assuming it's Lebanon Trail High School. It's a it's a little bit of a newer high school around the uh, the Metroplex area. It's in Frisco, uh, but he's a 6'2", 170, 175 receiver. And uh, Derek Nix reached out, offered him. He's an outstanding track uh, track athlete as well. Um, but he was clocked at four three four at the uh, Ohio State football camp, and uh, from there he uh, started adding offers. Um, the major Offers out there for him, Boise State, um, just kind of running through the bigger schools. Boise State, Hawaii, Northwestern, um, Tulane, if you consider them a, a larger school. I mean, the AAC, it's it's not Power 5, but it's good football. Um, Ohio State and Wisconsin have huge, uh, I, would, I would say, pretty, pretty big-time interest in him. They haven't submitted an offer. Ohio State's the key one there. Brian Hartline is is his primary recruiter. He's the receivers coach uh, at at Ohio State and is a phenomenal recruiter, probably one of the best in the country. Um, but Drew's dad played at Ohio State, uh, so there's obviously the legacy interest there. But um, a really good athlete. Like I said, I mentioned the track speed. Uh, I believe he runs in the low 10s in the 100 meter. I think he was clocked at a 10.3. Um, so he, he's got... It doesn't have the the gaudy offer list, but he's got some Ivy League schools that have reached out and offered him as well. So you know he's a smart kid. But yeah, you, you mentioned Northwestern. Um, I think that that is probably where he ends up. Um, that's just kind of my take. I haven't heard much about him since the the offer was submitted, and I, I talked to him and and wrote the story. But yeah, I mean, I think Louis reaching out um, probably is a sign that. It's either Northwestern or Ole Miss. Um, for now, I don't think it's Ole Miss. But uh, if it was, I think it would be a phenomenal get. I mean, he doesn't have the the Power Five offers all over the place on his uh, profile, but uh, he's a really fast, athletic receiver. And Ole Miss is going to have to replace Elijah Moore after this season, so they need a shifty, fast guy in the slot. And Jeff Levy really utilizes that position. Um, in his offense, and Lane Kiffin moves guys around and gets playmakers to the football in different ways and space and um, different positions. So I think Drew would would be a uh, be an impressive guy to add to this 2021 class. I think his skill set matches the offense that Ole Miss is going to run. All right, uh, it's not happening tomorrow, but I think it's coming pretty soon. Uh, Maddox Cop, the quarterback. From uh, the Metroplex, I believe he mm-hmm. he visited Ole Miss uh, fairly recently. One of those deals where he could come to campus, and he's obviously like anybody else. It's a it's a publicly 
It's a public institution. If he would like to visit the campus and drive around mm-hmm. and look at it, there's no one that's going to stop him. It's a free country. What he can't do is he can't have face-to-face contact with the coaches. He can't call Jeff Lebby and say, hey, I was wondering if you'd meet me outside of uh, Hume Hall. It doesn't work like that, um, <laughs> as crazy as that is. So I, I know he didn't have the face-to-face interaction with the coaches or whatnot, but he visited the campus. What are you mm-hmm. What are you hearing from him, and, and what do you anticipate when he makes his decision, which I think is scheduled for September 1st? Is and uh, I will say, thank you. There you, there you go. We say that again. We I lost you. <laughs> I say with all due respect, no offense to Houston, um, but uh, I I don't exactly care for it as much as I do other places in Texas. I do have an, quite the affinity for El Paso, but nevertheless, he's from Houston, um, very large. Uh, metropolis in the state of Texas, but from St. Thomas High School, he was originally being recruited as a basketball player, Uh, and then he has uh, three brothers that have all played at the college level. One was a uh, very highly rated prospect who actually played at Northwestern, so uh, nice segue there, Neil, but um, he had a brother that played at Vandy as well, and then another brother that played, uh, I believe, at Lamar, Um, but I saw him at the Elite 11 and was impressed. He wasn't very highly regarded going into um, the Elite 11, but he wowed there, showed off his arm strength. He's definitely got the arm talent, which is kind of the, the catchphrase in, in recruiting now these days. But he made every throw. He won the uh, rail shot challenge on the first night, which is um, making a very, very accurate throw in a small window down the sideline deep downfield. He uh, beat out Caleb Williams, who is uh, the top player in the country, who is going to Oklahoma. So you know, there's some there's there's a, there's some skill set there. Uh, there's a lot to like. He's big. Um, he looked to me in person every bit of six five, probably probably walking around two twenty five right now. I'd say, but uh, I was sitting up there with Woody Womack, and we both thought that uh, we were like, "Who is this kid?" So um, Ole Miss offered him right after that. And then Colorado and Houston, uh, the hometown school, are in on him as well. Uh, this week now, Neil, uh, Texas lost a quarterback commit, Jalen Milrow. He flipped to Alabama, and I think the Longhorns and uh, Tom Herman are starting to kick the tires, if you will, on uh, Maddox Cop. An offer hasn't been extended yet, but that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I would think if... if the home state Longhorns submitted an offer that they would come into play, but uh, I think right now, if if you if you put a proverbial gun to my head, it'd be a tough call whether it's going to be Houston or Ole Miss. Um, those are the only two places that he visited. Even though you know he drove drove through Oxford, I talked to him. He said I uh, really liked the campus. He uh, said he could definitely see himself going there. All of the the buzzwords and phrases that kids say in recruiting, but um, you know, he said the opportunities are there at both places. He could play early at Houston, and then he's you know he's he's all every time I've ever talked to Maddox Cop, he's always mentioned the opportunity to play for Lane Kiffin. So that name cachet is coming into play here. So um, he decides in a couple weeks. Right now, if I if you made me guess, I would say Ole Miss has a slight edge, um, but it's close. Well, I will not put a gun to your head over uh, Maddox Cop. 
Okay, good. And, and at this point, I'm not planning to put a gun to your head over any uh, recruit out there. I, I'm, okay. That, that feels like a violent approach to recruiting coverage. But I, I, I do want to ask this because you mentioned Maddox Cop, and I continue a name that just doesn't kind of go away in Ole Miss recruiting circles, and that's uh, Luke Altmaier, the, an, another quarterback. He's out of Starkville. He's committed to, uh, committed to Florida State. I just keep hearing rumblings that that commitment is not as firm as perhaps it was when it was originally made, and mm-hmm. uh, that that you know he might be looking around, whether it's at Ole Miss or or elsewhere. But I think Ole Miss is definitely on the radar with him. And again, I mean, not to be repetitive, but for those that are listening for the first time, back pre-pandemic, uh, Luke Altmaier's name was one that was being talked about a lot by this coaching staff as one of the two quarterbacks in this class that at that particular time, and that doesn't, this is not taking away anything from Maddox cop or any other quarterback that's out there. But in late February, the two quarterbacks that were being mentioned the most were uh, uh, Colton Gauthier, who's uh, committed to South Carolina and uh, Luke Altmaier. So what do you, what do you hear about Altmaier at this point? I don't think Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy have stopped recruiting him since they were hired. Uh, that he's, been essentially the clear-cut number one prospect on their board for 2021. Uh, now, February 3rd seems like forever ago for everyone, but it has to feel like forever ago for Luke Altmaier. That was the day that he committed to Florida State. Um, I think it kind of shocked people, to be honest, in, in my opinion. I think it shocked people mainly because it, it was right around signing day for the 2020 class, which isn't out of the ordinary. A lot of kids will make a declaration around that time. Uh, Jerry Neely did it way back when on uh, the same day. But uh, Luke Altmaier, I think it shocked people. Now, Mike Norvell is certainly a, a great coach. Going to Florida State is, uh, you know, that's a hell of a school. A lot of history there, uh, a lot of tradition. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think right now the effort that Kiffin and Levy are putting into his recruitment has really caught his attention a lot of people within the state, out of the state, in the Rivals Network are seem to think that this is going to be a battle until the very end. I think it's a battle that Ole Miss can win. I think, um, you know, I, the name cachet of Kiffin is certainly appealing, but uh, I don't think Jeff Levy uh, is any slouch here in terms of name recognition and what he could do offensively. I mean, what he did at UCF was was outstanding and look, let, let me that. let me interrupt you here because this is where okay. you're, you're on something and 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 I, this is one of the things that I think is so interesting about this season coming up. I'm on mm-hmm. record as saying all that matters about this season from a football standpoint is that the games are played. I know that right. fans don't like that and they push back and I understand why. I completely get it. I do. Uh, that's immaterial right now. Here's what I want to ask, which is, so I was talking to uh, Partridge, Chris Partridge, the other day. And he said, you know, one of the things that they really wanted to do in the spring, pre-pandemic, was bring kids to campus, these elite prospects to campus, that they think they have to get to turn, really turn the program around. Right. Bring them to campus and show them a spring practice and say, look, don't obsess with exactly who is doing it, but look at what we're trying to do. This is your position, C number 82 over there. You would play that spot. What we're doing with him is what we want to do with you. They didn't get that opportunity. And so he made the 
point, Partridge did, that one of the things they're going to try to do is to convince these kids, hey, we're playing Florida Saturday at, at 3 o'clock. It's on whatever network or whatever. Make sure you watch. Which tells me that they're going to tell kids, hey, look, watch the systems that we're running. That's what we're going to try to run for you. Which gets me into my Luke Altmeyer question, which is if you're trying to successfully recruit Luke Altmeyer, you're throwing the football, right? You're not run, 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 run with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is this is an offense with Lane Kiffin and, Le- and Jeff Levy running it. We all know about what Lane Kiffin can do. And I've told people this, and a good friend of mine uh, essentially phrased it perfectly, I think, is that in a 10-game conference-only you know, truncated, shortened, however you want to call it. In a season where you've essentially had no spring ball and fall camp is is rushed and you've got COVID protocols, that it's not a normal camp. That's the easiest way to say it. Having a guy like Lane Kiffin in charge of your offense, who essentially, to, to just break his offense down, it's getting playmakers the ball in space as much as possible. When he was at Alabama... They got the ball to Amari Cooper by God any way they could. They got the ball to Ardarius Stewart any way they could, no matter where he was on the field, no matter where he lined up. They were getting Amari Cooper and Ardarius Stewart the football somehow. Simplifying things like that is what's going to not only make it easier on the offense, but, I mean, that's that's football. Get the ball to your guys that make plays and let them do their thing. Ole Miss has a lot of guys that can do that, and like you said, they're going to tell recruits, all right, number nine, Jerry Neely, watch what we do with him on offense. You know, Matt Corral, number two, John Rice Plumbing, number 10, Grant Tisdale, number 14. He's your, he's our quarterback. Watch watch how we use him. So that approach that's, simple, that's simplistic, it's going to make the offense fun and exciting to watch on television. You, co- you, you combine that with a guy like Jeff Levy who is young, who is just – by all accounts, very, very, you know, held in high regard in the coaching fraternity. Last year, Dylan Gabriel, a true freshman at UCF, threw for 3,600 yards and 29 touchdowns. A true freshman. So he he knows how to coach an offense. He knows how to be productive. I mean, they had a guy that ran for 700 yards last year, a guy that ran for 600, another for 600, another for 500. They had a 1,200-yard uh, receiver. Trey Nixon, former Ole Miss signee, had 800 yards catch, 800 yards receiving, excuse me, seven touchdowns. So he knows the thing. He knows what to do on offense is what I'm getting at. So like you said, they're going to, hey, turn on SEC Network at, at 2.30. Turn it on at you know 6.30. This is what we're doing. That's that's your recruiting pitch right now. And I think that it's, it's, it's going to work. It's going to sell. Well, it is. It just, but it's it's going to mean that if that's what you're trying to do from a recruiting standpoint, and there's no doubt, if you told Lane Kiffin today, "Hey, man, you can either win big in 2020 or win big in 2022," he would pick 2022. Yeah, because look, would it be great for Ole Miss to go 10 and 0? Hell yeah, because it would be fun to cover and it would make our jobs much easier. Sure, uh, but, but it doesn't matter. But if you if you told Lane Kiffin your team can can hit on all cylinders in 2020 or 2022, he would say 2022. Absolutely, yeah. And so to do that, you've got to you've got to land recruits. You're recruiting the 2021 class. You're recruiting the 2022 class right now. You do have to show them the offense that you're wanting to recruit to. 
Yep. Because you didn't exactly. because you didn't have the benefit of, of getting to know them in person and you might not have that benefit on the recruiting trail in this cycle. You can't plan on it right now. You can't yeah. be the guy that's going, Hey, you know what? <clears throat> I mean you can you I mean you know, I mean you can do it if you want, but it's a it's a real gamble if you're doing the conspiracy thing going, Hey, as soon as this election's over, man, they're gonna clear this up and we're gonna bring guys out and blah blah blah. You might be right. But if you're wrong, that's a gamble that you you shouldn't have taken. So, right. if that makes any sense. So the, the the point is is that I think that's one of the things that I'm really interested to see as we yeah. as we get into the season. I'm not saying that 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 Corral is a better quarterback than Plumley or that Plumley's a better quarterback than Corral. I am saying this when people say, "What do you think? Who's the quarterback going to be?" My one answer is. Can I have one question? And if they say, yeah, you can have one question, my answer is how much better of a passer is Plumley today than he right. was last season? Because if he's no better as a passer, my money is on somebody other than him because, uh-huh. you, because you need to recruit. And that doesn't mean that Plumley's not the better quarterback. He very well might be. That's, that's a subjective opinion, and different people have different opinions. But I don't think Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby this year – want to put a product on the field that's just run, 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 and, and then go out and recruit wide receivers and elite quarterbacks. I, I don't think that's the path, and that's why I think yeah. they're, they're going to throw the football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that Lane has, has done that over the course of his career. He's he's worked to his strengths. And, um, you know, when you have the Heisman Trophy winning running back Derrick Henry, you run the football a lot. When you have a guy like Amari Cooper and a guy like Ardarius Stewart, you've got um, you know, different receivers that Alabama's had over the last couple of years. Yeah, and those you were, go to football. Those were those were Nick Saban teams, though, you know. And so, and I'm not I'm not diminishing what you're saying. You're right, but those were Nick Saban teams, and Nick Saban was in those meetings, and Nick Saban was the guy in those meetings that listen. What he does with coaches is he lets them give their opinions, and then he he says, "Okay, so here's what we're doing." <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I mean, you don't really know how much of I mean, I give Kiffin a ton of credit for what he did with Alabama's offense, but you don't necessarily know how much of that was 100% him. FAU, you know what was him, and and you're exactly right. He likes to throw. So, I am i don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like. Uh, before we uh, take a break, let me ask you about one more guy whose commitment could be imminent. I don't know. You, you will. Uh, okay. Ty Cooper, I think he's a defensive lineman uh, from, from Mississippi that uh, – his name's been out there a lot. I know it's one of the stories that you've kind of started to get ready in, in the admin. What, what are you hearing on him? So Ty Cooper, uh, he's somebody that I really like uh, on film. Um, smart kid, close to a 4.0 GPA. He's from Louisville, Mississippi. Listed at 6'4", 235, but uh, also listed as a strong side defensive end. So that lets you know that even though he's not – tipping the scales at 260 270 he's really physical and uh, makes a ton of plays uh he was extremely productive in uh or should I, I should say as a junior at lewisville uh 20 plus tackles for loss they, they use him in a variety of ways there uh stand up hand in the ground linebacker uh he, he can kind of do it all he has a i think he's pretty savvy ahead of the curve, kind of wise beyond his years in terms of uh, what he does at the line of scrimmage at the point of attack. It's not just a, you know, a swim or a bull rush. He's, he's pretty, uh, pretty savvy when going up against 
uh, offensive tackles and, and guards when he's getting inside. But I think that uh, Deke Adams, once again, uh, has has focused his efforts on him, and uh, they really like their chances uh, with him committing to Ole Miss. It seemed like it was going to be all Mississippi State early on, but uh, as of late, uh, things have kind of shifted in Ole Miss's favor, and uh, I posted it um, in the Chicks the other day that a source told me, quote, Deke Adams is really good at what he does. And uh, so, yeah, 63 tackles, 21 tackles for loss, nine sacks a year ago for the uh, All-State guy from uh, Louisville. I think uh, if it were today, Ole Miss would add him to the recruiting class and Neil, everybody ask on the on the message board every day. Where are the uh, where are the guys in the trenches? Where are the front seven? Where are the linemen? Well, uh, I think Ole Miss is about to to answer that question here pretty soon. It's almost like they didn't panic and thought, "Hey, we have until February to sign guys," and so we'll continue to. Run. Yeah, that's weird. It's a hell of a strategy. Uh, that, right. I think I think it's that combined with the coaches pay nine ninety nine a month. Or whatever the annual fee is, and they see that people are asking on the board, so they're like, "All right, well, we better sign some." It's well, it's only they have all have annual subscriptions, and they're they're just eight sixty four a month by the time you do the annual. So, I mean, oh, there you go. But it's a hell of an investment, especially during COVID times. Absolutely. <clears throat> all right. So uh, before we take a, before we uh, start wrapping things up, I want to tell you about LB's Meat Market. Uh, longtime friend of this podcast, I know that Zach was in Oxford recently, and I believe he made a stop <laughs> at LB's. Did I? What'd you get? What didn't I get? Um, I made sure to get plenty of ribeye sausage. Anna's a huge fan of that. And it is so you know, good. So good. Yeah. The salmon as well. Did you get uh, the man, spicy just, ribeye sausage or, or the regular? I, well, so I said I got it. So Greg just basically grabbed some bags and just kind of, as he calls them, a, a care package. Um he basically just, I don't know what he didn't put in there. He pretty much grabbed, I think, everything off the menu. But we've done the spicy ribeye. We've done the regular. Uh, I think uh, this weekend we're going to uh, look into, they've got some kind of, uh, it's got feta in the sausage. I, I can't. Oh, the chicken like, feta. Yeah, so we've got that that I'm probably going to yeah, throw on the grill. Good stuff. I mean, the salmon is out. I mean, look, I know that the response with the show, and I'm, interrupting your ad read here no no this is this is even better because (laughs) they sponsor me as well and i promise it's not because they sponsor us it is outstanding in a time when people don't want to go fight the rush at kroger and you don't want to deal with mediocre to average uh meat at a grocery store i mean it's right down the road and it's absolutely the best bang for your buck i i got a ton of lane train specials i'm excited for those but literally anything he's ever given me even stuff that I normally don't like, you know, like pork chops. Like, I like pork chops, but it's really tricky to, to do them on a grill or to do them in a skillet. Um, but everything he's ever given me has been phenomenal. I'm going to tell you what's good is the double bone pork chop. And okay. You, you put it – do you have a sous vide? I don't. Maybe okay. that's next one. Yeah, I got a sous vide for Father's Day, and it's my favorite toy now. And I'm, I'm about to buy some sous vide accessories. Okay. Uh, but you sous vide it. You get it to your desired temperature, and then you just finish that bad boy on the grill. Mm. Oh, it's a total difference maker. Uh, I got just like a hard sear on each side, and you're yep, done. Yeah, done. And I got uh-huh. the, the uh, I got a flat iron steak. Did the exact same thing. Sous vide it to one twenty nine point five. Let it come out. Let it sit a minute. Let it rest. Um, 
and then just threw it on the grill real quick just to get the marks. Boom, yeah. take it off at about 135. And whether it's by itself or you want to have tacos or sandwiches or whatever you want to do with it. So many. It's just fantastic. Anyway, all of that is at LB's. You can get it. It's right, as Zach mentioned, right across from Kroger, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. You can also give Greg a call if you are uh, still uh, really cautious. And I don't mean that in a negative way. If you're just really cautious, you don't really want to go in, it's okay. Call 662-259-2999. Place your order. Make sure you tell Greg that you heard about it on on uh, the podcast on the Soft Verbal Heard about it on any of the Oxford Exxon podcasts, whatever the case may be. Greg's going to throw a little extra in your sack. Like Zach said, a care package. He'll take care of you. He'll have it all ready to go, or you can go in and browse. They have all the freshest cuts, like Zach was talking about. Steak, pork, chicken, seafood, sausages. It's all there at LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. All right, last couple of guys that I want to touch on. Okay. Um, Brandon Buckhalter's name keeps coming up. Yeah, Antonio Harmon's name always comes up among fans. What can you tell me about both yeah. of those guys? So it's fun. So Neil, it's funny. Everybody, why does Ole Miss keep getting receivers? They don't need receivers. Um, well, they only had one. It was Braylon Brown. And like I said, you uh, earlier I mentioned Elijah Moore is out of eligibility soon, and. Uh, you, you got to keep reloading. There is no, we have enough of this. I think right now the only rooms that are potentially, quote, full are quarterback and running back. Everything else may be tight end. I'll give, I'll give them that because of the two transfer guys. Other than that, you, you got to get guys every single class. There is no stop recruiting this position. Uh, with that said, Brandon Buckhalter, uh, formerly an Ole Miss commit, uh, he is now committed to Mississippi State. Um, yeah, I keep hearing his name a lot. I think uh, the, the communication is still ongoing with Ole Miss and Buck Halter, despite the commitment to Mississippi State. Uh, he uh, recently transferred to a, uh, a newer high school in, uh, in Jackson. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's an academy. Um but uh, it's Hartfield Academy. He's drawn a complete blank. Uh, they really like his athleticism and his size. Uh, a lot of people are, are talking to him a little bit about maybe playing some defense. I think Ole Miss likes him as a receiver. He's big. He's physical. Uh, runs really well for a 6'3 guy. Normally those long um, long striders don't, you know, either either they don't look fast and or uh, aren't fast, but uh, he's fluid. He can really move. He can run. Um, pretty polished as a receiver as well. He's one of those guys that works out a lot at D1 and, and works out a lot with Shea Hodge. And uh, he's started to really come into his own as a receiver. I think Ole Miss has a really good shot to flip him back uh, before it's all said and done. I don't know when that'll be, but they really like uh, Buck Halter's game. And, uh, yeah, Antonio Harmon, the thing with him, it, it's it's not really his fault in, in on two fronts. It's not his fault because Kosciuszko ran the wing tee, and he's a receiver. So um, he didn't get the ball a lot. And then also COVID happened. So 
this new staff was unable to see him in a camp setting, in a seven-on-seven setting. They weren't able to get him in person to talk to him about his game, to talk to him about um, kind of what they want to see from him. And, look, the only staff member that's seen him is Derek Nix. And I think this is just my opinion. This is not what I've been told. This is what I think. And I think it makes sense, Neil. They want to see him play this year as a senior. Kosciuszko has a, a new offense that they've installed. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be something in the vicinity of a uh, offense from this century. They're not running the wing tee. Um, with all due respect to the wing tee, um, I come from a, uh, a high school that ran the wishbone, and as a receiver, I didn't care for it much, Neil. Um, I think they just want to see him as a receiver. I think they want to see him play. Uh, I don't think that there is anything... They don't like his game. They don't like him. He's off their board. I don't think it's any of that. Um, and then you also throw in the fact that Antonio Harmon was pretty honest and upfront with folks a couple months ago that he was going to focus on his academics and he was going to focus on getting ready for his senior season. So I think recruiting's on the back burner for him as well. So with with the state of Mississippi playing football games, he's going to have his shot to showcase what he can do. And at 6'3", close to 200 pounds, Neil, there's not going to be a lot of people uh, in Kosciuszko's division or classification that's going to be able to uh, defend him um, <laughs> effectively. So he's going to have his shot to uh, to wow the staff. So I think it's a lot of wait and see with Harmon. Uh, last guy, uh, Taiwan Malone, I know expected to do something. Uh, at some point, people thought maybe he would do something soon. I'm hearing more. It, it could go all the way to signing day. Where does Ole Miss stand with him? I think people get upset with me, Neil, when I post uh, videos of him hitting a baseball on the board because it just gets people excited. Um, we've talked a lot. We've talked about him a lot on the message board. Very, very adamant about playing both sports at the next level. I think that that bodes well for Ole Miss for obvious reasons. Mike Bianco and that program, Carl Lafferty, have done a fantastic job, and um, I think that it's a easy sales pitch to show recruits the Ole Miss baseball program, the success that they've had um, the last couple years and with what Mike Bianco has built in 20 years. So that's a feather in Ole Miss's cap. And then Chris Partridge being a Northeast native and uh, Deke Adams, like I said, being good at what he does. And then, hell, I would be surprised if everybody on the staff is recruiting him. I think DJ Durkin coached at Maryland. He's been up there in the Northeast. He's working him as well. I, right now I would say it's Ohio State, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M that are uh, probably his top three. A&M, obviously, another SEC baseball program that's really successful. And then Ohio State is Ohio State. Um, I'm with you there. I think it goes all the way to signing day. But before it's all said and done, I think Ole Miss is, is at least going to have a cap on the table when he decides. And I think that they have a good shot. I really do. And this isn't, um, you know, I'm not really embellishing or, or trying to prop up the baseball program in any way. I think um, you live there. You live in Oxford. You know how big of a deal it is for baseball season and know how how passionate people are about that program, and for good reason. It's it's extremely successful, and it's a nationally recognized baseball program. So, um, And Taiwan's not just some guy that's that's a big dude that hits the ball far. He's, uh, he's an athletic defensive lineman who... Uh, from what I've seen, it's got a nice swing. Uh, the exit velocity is pretty dangerous, if I'm being, if I'm being frank. Uh, hits the ball really hard and isn't just a pull hitter. Uh, this is this is an athletic dude who uh, can hit tall fields. So 
if he if he does choose Ole Miss, this isn't going to be a flash in the pan. Like ah, he might play baseball. I think he's going to legitimately try to play both at a power, at the Power Five level. And hey, Ole Miss has got two guys that are doing that right now. So another sales pitch uh, that they can throw out at him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hey, listen, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for the update. We'll we'll do this again next week. Will some of these decisions will be will have been made, and and we'll have a little more football in front of us, and you will have. Uh, refereed a high school game we can talk about whether it was any different as people start getting excited about the prospect of uh, football mm-hmm. returning on a lot of different levels so zach thanks for the time all right now uh for zach barry i'm Neil mccready that does it for this edition of the soft verbal podcast presented by dead soxy don't forget deadsoxy.com d-e-a-d-s-o-x-y.com enter the promo code rebel grove at checkout and get uh, 30 percent off all orders at deadsoxy.com. Until next time, take care.